Grace, peace, and mercy be upon you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ on this last Sunday of the church year. Amen. Who are you because of Jesus? Who are you? Well, you might be inclined to answer that several different ways. Since this is a sermon, however, I'm going to tell you who you are because of Jesus, in case you didn't know. <laughs> Don't you just love Lutheran preaching, right? <laughs> Look, as, lo as much as I like learning and talking about things like the temple in Jerusalem from last Sunday and Galilee and Bethlehem, as much as I love talking about those, those great places and sharing those insights with you from the Bible, today being the last Sunday of the church year, 2022, we are to focus on Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, only Jesus. I think that's a hymn. I should have picked that hymn for today. I don't know why I didn't. What can a preacher say about Jesus today that he hasn't already said in 13 years? Well, one thing we may not hear enough is our life, our identity depends entirely on someone other than ourselves. Probably don't hear that enough. And it's not a popular message today since we're living in a time of increasing identity misconceptions and mix-ups. Now, some things in life do depend on you and partly on others in some way. Our upbringing is partly our parents' doing or someone else who acted in their place. And we, we reacted to what they did or didn't do. Our education is partly our teachers doing their doing and partly your acceptance or ignoring of it or rejection of what they taught. In my case, I mostly ignored my teachers and rejected their homework. <laughs> Don't bother me with such uninteresting things. Your job is partly your boss's like or dislike of you and of your performance, partly the like and dislikes of your coworkers, and partly your liking or disliking of the job and your coworkers and the boss, among other things that we could name. All those things together make it seem as if life really does depend on you and make you who you are. But Christ and the life He gives you are made of the same stuff. He doesn't mix his efforts with yours and waits to see who you will become. You know, he's not like a, he's not like a middle schooler in, in, in chemistry class. Hmm, what happens when I pour this into this? You know, poof. Well, Jesus makes your whole life depend wholly on him because he made you to be his. And that's an extremely distasteful and unacceptable thing to say, according to Jean-Jacques Rousseau, French philosopher and poet of the Enlightenment. Why bring some dead European philosopher from 250 years ago into the, today's world? Well, because his ideas have stuck with us Western people ever since. Rousseau's ideas of an individualism and freedom from any outside morality helped spark the French Revolution. And you know, you may not be interested in history, but the French Revolution 
also had a great impact on America. Now, Rousseau had his critics, and not everyone bought into his philosophy, but his influence on our society cannot be underestimated. Rousseau said, people are born blank slates, innocent of any wrongdoing. It's only through life experiences as people grow that they begin to become who they are, good or bad. And when you read Rousseau, you would think that his only experience with sin and human depravity was petty thievery. He has no compelling explanation for evil in the world, and <laughs> there was plenty of it in his day. Nevertheless, what caught on with people who had power and influence in the, in, in the world of, uh, back then was <clears throat> Rousseau's idea that people make themselves into who they are and are not accountable to any God or higher moral standard. He was a real free thinker of his day. And the, the elite and the middle class just lapped it up and bought his books by the droves. <laughs> now, we think of poets today like Walt Whitman and Robert Frost, you know, <clears throat> troubled, depressed artists who died penniless and some people who are into literature like their stuff and some people are like, nah, not into that. That's how we think of poets today. But <clears throat> poets of the 17th and 18th century were more than artists. They were the YouTubers and TikTokers and Instagrammers of their day. They were in. They were edgy. And people would invite them to their dinner parties and give lectures and read their poetry and whatnot. And they shaped societal thinking in politics, science, education, art, and even religion, particularly Christianity. Fast forward to today. Some people are identifying as animals, mythical creatures, inanimate objects, genderless, multiple genders, stateless, you know, not being under any kind of government authority, and, and many other identities. If we say today's society is an asylum for the insane, with Rousseau as director, we can also say the patients are now running the asylum. Who are people? Who are they? Apart from Christ, anything they want to be, it would seem, despite the reality that we are all born human creatures and one day we will die as one. Who we are in Jesus Christ, though, is not like every other kind of identity you can take on for yourself or any other assessment you or others can make for yourself. It's also not something to be taken for granted because there was a time when you and I were not in Christ. Paul says, We were by nature children of wrath, born into sin, inherited from Adam and Eve. We have a genetic disease of opposing God and exalting ourselves above Him and everyone else. Paul calls that a domain of darkness, as you heard in the letter to the church in Colossae. It's a place where darkness has its way. And people can't see their way to the truth. They can't perceive what they should perceive about God and about themselves. That's the problem Rousseau had and others like him. 
They couldn't see past their own darkness, even though Rousseau would tell you that he was enlightened by the inner truth found in his good self, formed by a good upbringing. You'll hear the same thing today from people. Sin is dark because we live in it thoughtlessly, carelessly, recklessly, and without the light of Christ to show us the way, we would continue stumbling in it to our own demise. The light to see the way of truth depends on someone other than us. And in case you're still wondering, it ain't Rousseau or any of the other so-called enlightened philosophers, no matter how believed or influential they are. In Christ, He is the man of light, enlightenment, if you will, born in the light of the star of Bethlehem and risen on the third day when the light began to spread on the earth. He rules the darkness too, but in the new world to come, you won't need sun or moon as lights in the heaven because the brightness of Christ will be such that He Himself will be our light. That's what it says in Revelation, pretty sure. (laughs) When He claims us, whether early in our lives or later, He transforms us like a moving person from one country to another. In the old country, there were accustomed ways of acting, thinking, and speaking. Those old ways seem natural, comfortable, easy, and familiar to you apart from Jesus. But in your baptism, Jesus transformed you to a, a new country of light. This is redemption. We are delivered out of sin into light, life, darkness into light, if you will. And Jesus paid for this to happen for you with his own life. You and I owed God the debt of our lives for sin, but Jesus paid for it in our place. A a get-out-of-hell-free card for you Monopoly players. We like to get that card, don't we? Because it takes the burden of payment off of you. What a relief. The feeling is the same in life. Jesus paid what we owe to win us back from sin because he has already won and has defeated death. And it all depended on him. Paul tells us we are who we are in Christ only because he is who he is. He's not only uh, your redeemer, taking the, way, the wages of sin off your shoulders, he's also the head of creation. It's divine king, and he shall have what is his. You and me and this whole creation were not made for the devil to entertain himself like with like some giant playset. We were made for better things. We were made to be Christ's, and he claims what is his by right. We're not made through the devil because he himself is a creature created by God. And we certainly weren't created to be and remain the devil's children. We were created for Christ. And he has made a way for us to be his forever. And this is meant to give us, to give us peace during this circus called life. Maybe it's a relief to know that you don't have to hang your whole life and identity on your job your performance, your family performance, your inner feelings of who you, who you think you might be. Yes, we're fathers, we're mothers, 
sons and daughters, brothers, sisters, professionals, students, retirees, artists, farmers, gardeners, quilters, and all these things. On the other hand, maybe you want to hang your whole life and identity on that one thing you feel defines you. Whether that thing came to you from circumstances as you were growing up and came to be your own person as Rousseau would have it, or it's that one thing you just feel inside. It really would be great, though, if you could locate your worth and your life in the worth of Jesus Christ. What's He worth? Everything, because everything came into being through Him. And you are worth everything to Him. That, this is the power of Jesus' blood which covers us. Sounds gory, but it brings peace. It brings peace between you and God because it cancels the gnawing constant power of sin, the remnant of, the remnant of it anyway that, that is in you after baptism into Christ. Through His Son, Jesus, God has made you and me favorable to Him. And God is eager to hear our prayers, eager to hear our anxieties and our fears, as the true Father He always is. The blood of Jesus also makes us at peace with others. Not because other people change their ways. Some do. Some never will. We can be at peace, though, because our life obsession with how we're doing and how others are doing is washed away by the blood of the Lamb. Our whole life isn't wrapped up in how well we've done or how poorly we've done at this thing or that, much less how others have done. Our whole lives hang entirely on the death of Jesus, who died for us and came back to life for us and will do the same for us. This is why I bless you with peace when you're up here at the altar and receive Jesus' body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins and strength. I'm not offering you a, a, a chance at peace. You know, it's not like, you know, all I am saying is give peace a chance. I'm proclaiming to you the peace Jesus has won for you by His blood and by His cross and by His resurrected life. If you don't have that peace, that's sad, and I'm sorry for you. I don't know what the disconnect could be between the promise and the receiving of it and the belief in it. Something is amiss. Nevertheless, go in peace. Live your lives in it. Darkness no longer has power over you, but the light of Christ does. So live in His light. Your faith has saved you because you trust in Jesus alone. Jesus, Jesus, only Jesus, right? You have nothing to lose and everything to gain, whether you die or live, because you belong to Christ. You are His beloved child. That's who you and I are. Amen. <laughs>